1 Timothy chapter 4. This is what it says. But the Spirit explicitly says that in the latter times, in the end times, some will fall away from the faith. Paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. By means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron. Men who forbid and advocate abstaining from food, which, has, which God has created to be gratefully shared in by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude. For it is sanctified by means of the word of God and prayer. Father, we thank you for this word. And Lord, I pray this morning that, Lord, you would change us. I pray you would transform us by the power of your word and by the presence of the Holy Spirit, God. Lord, reveal the things in our lives that need to be brought subject to you, I pray today. Holy Spirit, we need you here. We ask for you to be here. And Lord, I pray for your anointing because it's your anointing that will break the yoke. So Lord, I want to decrease so that your spirit would increase, so that your word would go forth, touching every heart, every mind. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Before you're seated, look at your neighbor, give them a word. Say, be disciplined. Tell them, say, be disciplined. Husbands, watch yourself. Be disciplined. Good morning, CWC. Come on, talk to me, church. If you're good, say, I'm good. Come on, if you're ready, shout, I'm ready. Amen. Well, I know I'm ready for the word of God. Amen. I'm up here snorting and everything. I'm so excited. That's a problem. That's an issue. No, but it's so good to see each and every, every one of you. And, and so look, man, as you're aware, right, we are in this series called Signs of the Times, and we've been in it for the past several weeks. Uh, matter of fact, to be more precise, we've been in it for five weeks, and this is week number six. And, and look, the reason that we're in this series is, is pretty simple, actually. It's because the Bible draws our attention to it quite a bit. It talks about the signs of the times quite a bit. I've studied and researched this topic, which, you know, uh, for, for a long time. And, and what I have found in the scriptures, what I've found is over 70 times the signs of the times are revealed, are talked about, are told for us to, to pay attention to. And if, if God deems it necessary for us to hear it, I feel like we should deem it essential for us to know. Amen. Amen. And so this is why we're in the Signs of the Times series. And so look, there's a, there is a message preached throughout the New Testament. It's, it's constant. I mean, it's, it's a themed message that you hear over and over again. And, and that message is, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Over and over again, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. This is the message 
of the gospel. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at, at hand. This was the message of John the Baptist. This was the message of Peter and Paul and, and, and John and James and, and even the message of Jesus, by the way, which is where I pulled the quote from, right? Re Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. But I wonder something. I wonder if the modern church is more concerned with the feelings of humanity than they are about the eternity of humanity. I wonder. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand is a very rare message preached in the church. And it should be the essential message of the church. Modern, post, whatever. At any time, anywhere. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, I would like to think um, the reason that we don't preach this a whole lot is, is because we think it, it's not gonna happen, right? Now, now, if we thought it would actually, the end was actually coming, perhaps we would preach it even, even more. But, but since it hasn't come and it's been said, right? It's been said since biblical times, right? The, the end times are coming and because it hasn't happened yet, we think, oh, well, it's not gonna happen with us either. And so we neglect the message, we just, breeze over the message. But what I find to be really interesting is in Acts chapter one, starting in verse seven, Jesus says this. He says, it's not for you, it's not for you to know the times or the epochs. It's not for you to know, what he's saying is, the exact times, the exact dates, the exact era, the exact age in which the end is coming, in which I am returning, because how many know that when Jesus returns, it's over. The Bible's clear. Once he comes, the grace is gone and judgment has come. The Bible says when he returns the second time in his second coming, he will come with a sword out of his mouth, striking down all who oppose him. So when he comes, the end is here. It's no longer near, it's, it's here. And he says, it's not for you to know the times or the epochs that the father has set by his own authority. But this is what you need to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my, what? Witnesses, say it with me. Witnesses, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the outermost parts of the earth. Now, the, the reason I find this interesting is because it, it's, it's, a, it's a verse that, that almost gets you, you know, like rubbing your face, right? This is not COVID approved, by the way, but it, it gets you rub, rubbing your face and even like doing the temple, like the, the temple massage thing and rubbing your neck because there's like this tension in it, right? Because when I read this, it's almost like it's contradicting every other place that the scripture is saying the signs of the times, right? Like, like Jesus you said in Matthew chapter 24, you said in, in Mark chapter 13, you said in Luke chapter 17 and many, many other places that the signs of the times would be these. Lawlessness, the love of many will grow cold. There'll be, there'll be pestilence and plagues and, and great storms and all these different things, false teachers and prophets. And, and Lord, you said these would be the signs of the times, but now you're saying, it's not for me to know the times. Like what? 
If I wasn't confused before, I'm really confused now. <laughs> I mean, God, the depths of your understanding no man can fathom. I don't, I don't need to, to have my mind blown anymore by you, but this, this messes me up. Like, what are, you, what are you trying to say? You give us the signs, but then you tell us it's not for us to know the times. But, but here's my thing with it, right? Because we know this, the word of God, all it does, man, is keep reaffirming the rest of the word of God. It never contradicts itself. And so when we find ourselves in positions like this, struggling with the word of God, man, we really got to search the heart of God. God. God, what are you saying? And here's my thing with this statement, Acts chapter one, verse seven. If Jesus wouldn't have, he would not have made that statement. He would have just left it at the signs of the times or these and, and listed them out. If, if he wouldn't have said that in Acts chapter one, verse seven, I would actually understand us refraining from preaching the kingdom of God is coming. I would understand it more, right? I'd understand refraining from preaching the end times until we knew that the end times were here because he tells us what to look for. But, but because he says... It's not for you to even know the times. It should cause us to preach fervently. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent for the end is drawing near to us. Jesus not telling us the time or the season. He's saying, don't neglect that message. Don't neglect it. Don't become lazy in your expecting of the kingdom coming. Don't, don't become lazy in it. If he would have given us the exact times and if we weren't living in that time, but he gave it to us, man, we would, we'd neglect it. We wouldn't even be concerned with it. Well, why would I even talk about it? What's the big deal? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I'll let them deal with it. We leave it up to the generation that the time would be in. And so we'd be lazy. We'd be off message. We'd be lethargic. So Jesus says, it's not for you to know the times in hopes to keep us preaching and expecting the kingdom of God is coming. In other words, he's, he's saying it's good for you to know the signs of the times so that you stay alert, so you stay ready, you stay prepared, you stay on message. <clears throat> you, you, you continue to go and get as many people as you can possibly get so that they can be introduced to the king. Acts 1.8, that's why he says it. It may not be time for you, you to know the times, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Jesus saying, don't focus on the end, focus on being my witness. Don't focus on the end, focus on being my witness and preaching the message. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. See, if Jesus would have told us like in 2170, I'm just throwing numbers out there now. If in 2170, guys, I'm coming back. <clears throat> man, that's a long way from us. We ain't never making it that far. Right? Like, that's, that's a long way. We'd be like, ah, we're cool. It's, it's cool. We don't need to preach, repent. You got plenty of time. It's cool. But because he doesn't, man, we gotta, we gotta tell everyone, everyone, May give your life to Jesus. Because make no mistake about it. Make absolutely no mistake. Make no bones about it. Every last, every single, every one of us will stand before the king. 
and give an account for the witness we brought him. Every last one of us, none of us are going to be exempt from it. Not one, not one. And so man, we can't afford to water down this message. See, it's, it's so much more than just a prayer that we said one time and boom, we're in. And then we just go and do whatever we wanna, wanna do. We, we, we can't water it down because each and every one of us will be judged according to the scriptures of our witness. Not according to one pastor at one time preached a cool word that, that, that he tweeted on Facebook or whatever. I'd mix two together, tweeted on Facebook. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Boy, I'm riding, I'm, I'm all hit. You know how much social media I got? This much. But not an awesome little Facebook post. And we grab it and we say, that's so fun. And, and no, 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 no. Or a book that we read one time because it was on the New York Times bestsellers list and the guy that wrote it, it's a Christian. Great, praise God, read it, it's fine. But that's not what's going to be our judge. Our judge will be the scriptures. We've got to take our lives and the lives that we are living and put it up against Jesus. Against the word of God. How many know that the name by which he is called is the word of God? That the word of God became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only son of, the, of, of, of God. So we put our lives against him. And wherever our life is in conjunction with him, repent for the kingdom of God. It's a hand. See, see the Bible is clear. We are to be his witnesses to be his witnesses. It says that our witness is how we love one another. Our witness is how we long for Jesus, how we worship Jesus, how we study God's word, that our witness is in how we serve instead of being served. It says our witness is we bring our talents into the, into the king and say, advance your kingdom, not ours. Everyone else in the world is advancing their own, but us, our witnesses is, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not gonna store up for myself treasures that rust and, and moths can destroy. No, no, God, here's my talents. You use them. You use them. That's our witness. Our, our witness is that we are generous givers. Give and it will be given back to you in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over to be placed in your lap. This is our witness. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. This is a message for every single one of us, by the way. It's not just for the unbeliever. A lot of times we think it's just the unbeliever. Oh, no, 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 no. Thank God for that message that someone preached that to me, loved me enough to tell me, hey, dude, you better repent. Get your life right before God because he's coming. So you better repent. I'm so happy because, because when I did, man, I went from lost to found, from, from blind to seeing, right? Man, I, I, I got to meet Jesus and my life was never the same again. However, even after I became a believer, I've needed this message. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. See, see, this message for all of us should cause us to search our own hearts. Lord, how am I living my life? How is it lining up with your word? How is it, how does it look against you as the backdrop? And when we put it against scripture, if we're not loving, we better start loving. If we're not serving, we better start serving. If we're not giving, we, we better start giving. If we're not studying, if we're not praying, if we're not worshiping, we better start doing those things. Because the Bible is, is clear. And, and, and hear me, our witness 
our witness will either be our testimony before the king that gets him to say, well done, my good and faithful enter into my eternal rest. Or our witness will be the evidence used against us. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. That's what our witness is going to do for us or against us. Our witness for Jesus is the most important thing in this entire life. It's just him. It's all about him. And man, we gotta make sure our witness for him is lining up with what he, he says it should be. And see, the signs of the times, the signs of the times should bring this to the forefront of our minds. Like repent for the kingdom of God is, is at hand. I wanna make sure, man, God, I'm, I'm with you, I'm for you. I'm, man, I'm on the right track with you so that I'm not deceived by something else. And see, in our, our text in 1 Timothy chapter four, it is dealing directly with our witness in a very cryptic way, I will say, but directly as you study it, directly with our witness. See, Paul, he's writing to this young pastor named Timothy, hence the name of the book, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy. So Paul's writing him this, this letter and, and Timothy, right, he has this, this amazing church in one of the greatest cities in ancient Rome. It's one of the greatest cities, the city of Ephesus. And his church is growing and it's thriving. And the place where it's at, there's a lot of things pulling on them. A lot of things like our culture today. Success and money and trading and buying and doing all these, these different things, material stuff. Like It's the same way back then that we deal with today. But because it's a growing and thriving church, man, it runs into all kinds of challenges. And so, so Paul writes to him and he says, hey, continue in the faith. Continue in it. Live a life worthy of the call, he says. He says, fan into flame the gifts that have been given you by the laying on of hands. Fan them into flame. Preach the word of God without compromise, Timothy. Preach it without compromise. Don't give people what their itching ears want to hear. Because if you do that, you'll never preach. You'll never preach, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Don't do that. And the entire thing is talking about our witness, the witness we bring to the world on behalf of, of Jesus. And in 1 Timothy right, chapter four, Paul is dealing directly with apostasy. And see, what apostasy is, is a renunciation or an abandonment of a religious belief. In other words, you walk away from your witness. You're not concerned anymore with your witness of how you're viewed by others if you know Jesus. It, that's what apostasy is. And he says this, he says, because the spirit explicitly says that in the end times, that in the latter times, some will fall away from the faith. Paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. He's saying, pay attention, make sure your witness is aligning with Jesus. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 24, he says, false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. Second Thessalonians chapter two says it this way. Let no one in any way deceive you. For the end will not come unless apostasy 
comes first. One of the greatest signs of the times that the end is drawing near is apostasy. People forsaking their witness, abandoning their witness for Christ. This is why last week we, we, we preached on choose, right? Choose this day whom you're gonna serve. Like first you gotta choose Jesus. And then from there, allow him to sanctify you and pull you into him so that your witness is, is all about him. And so we, we choose him. But it has to be more than just a prayer we say. It has to be a lifestyle that you and I seek, that, that we seek it with everything that is within us. Our witness for Jesus is the most important thing. And it has to be strengthened for him and by him. The word of God says this, says this, study to show yourself approved. It says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Again, live a life worthy of the call. It says, be conformed into the image and likeness of Christ. First Corinthians chapter nine, Paul, he says it this way. I love how he says, he says, I discipline my body to make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I, not, I am not disqualified. So I discipline my body so that I am not deceived. Paul talking about, man, I keep my witness for Christ by disciplining my walk with Christ. We gotta be disciplined. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, be disciplined. Give them the word, be disciplined. Because this helps our witness. Tell your other neighbor, say, be a good witness. Be a good witness. We are disciplined so that we have a good, a good witness. So look, <clears throat> when, I was, when I was reading through all this and, and seeing all of it, right? And everywhere that I see the signs of the times, Jesus is warning us by telling us this, do not be deceived. Over and over, Paul, same thing. Do not be deceived. And here's what we gotta pay attention to, man. Satan is the great deceiver. He is the great deceiver and he has been since the beginning of time. He's been deceiving since the beginning of time. I want you to think about this for, for just a moment, right? Think about this for just a moment. The Bible says that he is the deceiver of the entire earth. Of the entire earth that he, he disguises himself as an angel of light to deceive. He is a wolf in sheep's clothing, trying to deceive. He is the deceiver and he's so good at it that he was able to get a third of God's angels to follow him. A third, God created all these heavenly hosts. They seen God, they were near God. They witnessed the power and the majesty of God. But Satan was so good at deceiving, he deceived a third of them. Now we know what happened to him. Jesus said, as I was there, I saw him get cast out of heaven like a bolt of lightning. In other words, he's no match for God. He's no match for Jesus. Like there's no match there, but, but he is a really good deceiver. And so he started deceiving in heaven and he kept on deceiving on this earth. From Eve, clear to Judas Iscariot and everyone in between. Every single one of them he deceived, it was because he was ruining their witness. He was trying to take it trying to take it from him. He is a liar. His native tongue, 
His native language is lying, trying to deceive God's creation, trying to deceive us. So Jesus says, hey, 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 listen, make sure. Listen, the end is coming. The signs of the times are these and make sure you're not deceived. And Paul echoes that sentiment right here. He echoes it. He says the signs of the, the times is that some will fall away from the faith. They will abandon their witness. They will abandon it. And as I was talking to the Lord about this, right? I was like, Lord, what, where do you want me to go? Because I'm gonna be honest with you. This series has been really, really interesting to prepare for. Super interesting because God's been doing different things than he's ever done before. He's been giving me two trains of thought while preparing. Like I'll be wanting to preach one message and God is trying to give me another one, which I dislike, by the way. I'm like, Lord, no, no, I need, I need just one at a time. Like I'm not, that, I'm not that brilliant. I just need one. But, but, but it's been a really interesting season of God stretching me. And, and so I'm talking to the Lord about all this and I'm like, Lord, I felt like, I felt like it, it was missing something, right? I, I couldn't figure it out. I was like, man, I can't, can't put my finger on it, but I'm missing it. God, what is it? And, and I was having a really hard time, man, struggling through it. And so I just started talking to my wife about it, you know, <clears throat> start talking to her. And she begins to share with me what God had been speaking with her, how God had been sharing with her discipline, discipline, discipline. And right then the Lord said, that's what you're missing. That's it. Discipline will guard you from deception. It's actually really good. Discipline will counteract the enemy's deception. If we're disciplined in our pursuit of Jesus. So look, I can't take full credit because she did give me that. The Lord used her to speak to me through it. I will take full credit if it's a good message. If it's not, it's her, it's her fault. But, because I had a good one until she, no, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> but that's a really good word. If you're taking notes, you gotta write it down. Because hear me, discipline, discipline will guard you from deception. And this is the application of this message. And I don't like preaching a message unless I got an application to it. Because if we can't apply it to our lives, then what good is it? What good's the word of God if you can't apply it? It's supposed to be applied. And so once I got the word, now hear me, when I get a word from God, I weigh everything against the, the word of God. Okay, does that make sense? I get a word in my heart that the Lord said to me, right? Discipline, discipline will counteract deception. And then I take it to the word of God to make sure it's aligning with the written word of God. And see in James chapter one, verse 22, James says it this way. He said, be doers of the word, not hearers only. So that you don't, what? Deceive, deception, deceive, yourself discipline being doers not hearers only not just reading the word but actually being disciplined and reading it and then doing it so that you don't deceive your yourself first corinthians 9 right if you back up i read verse 27 earlier but if you back up to verse 25 i love it he, paul says it this way everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things permission to use a sports analogy that's what he's saying if they're an athlete if they're an athlete they're gonna they're gonna practice self-control they're 
They're going to be disciplined and they do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable wreath. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. As not without aim. I box in such a way, but not as one beating the air. But I discipline my body to make it my slave. Paul's saying, I am disciplined in my pursuit of Jesus. I'm disciplined in it. In my study, in my worship, in my prayer, in my giving, in my serving. I'm disciplined. I do it. So that I'm not deceived by. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 10 says, God disciplines us for our good. His discipline for us is our good. These disciplines that he's set up in our lives is, is for our good. Why? So that we may share in his holiness so that we're not deceived. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. I know that's what my son thinks after I spank him. Praise the Lord. Not really, but I like to think so. I'm tough. <clears throat> Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Discipline will guard you against deception. Deuteronomy 8, 5 says it this way. Thus you are to know in your heart that the Lord your God was disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son. Therefore, You shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. Be disciplined in the word of God. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. It's all for our good and his glory. I'm going to say it one more time. Discipline will guard you from deception. Jesus says this. He says, when you pray, when you fast, when you love, when you serve, when you give, when you worship. He doesn't say if. He doesn't say if you pray, if you fast, if you, if you worship, if you, if you love, if you serve, if you give. He doesn't say if. He says, he says when. He's setting up disciplines for our lives so that we're not deceived by the enemy, so that we have a great witness for him, so that others may see our good deeds and glorify our Father who is in heaven. That's what the word of God says. Because the enemy cannot deceive us if we know Jesus. And I'm not talking about just know about him. Like, yeah, I went to church one time and they were talking about Jesus and our, you know, VBS, they, t- they talked about him raising from the dead third day. Like, I've heard of him. No, no. That you actually know him. Jesus says, my sheep know my voice and they come when I call. The only way to know the voice of the Lord is to be disciplined in your pursuit of him. It's just the way it is. Because the Lord says, I will reward those who diligently seek me. And the reward from him is more of him. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That is our message. And our discipline to follow Jesus is our witness. I love that Jesus says, keep with the Keep with the spirit of repentance so that your life will bear the fruit of repentance. So that your life will be a witness. It'll be a witness. And I'll reward you for for following me. Church, we, we have to be a people 
keep our witness by being disciplined in our pursuit of Jesus. We must stop believing the deception that, that literally, man, we can just come in and we say a prayer one time and we're good, then we can, we can leave, we do whatever we want, wherever we want, we can go wherever we want, say whatever we want, look, at, look however we want, we can, we can just do what we want. That's a lie. That's not the Bible. This life is all about Christ and looking like Christ. And if we don't believe that this life is all about Christ, we've already been deceived and apostasy is not far away. It's not far from us. If we think life is about something other than our witness to him, we've already been deceived by the enemy. He's got us and he's steering us. Got to be disciplined in our pursuit of him in our pursuit of him. And, and, and I love 1 Timothy 4, right? And, 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 and Paul, he, he, he talks about all these things that we, we just talked about challenging us. And, but you'd be remiss to, to leave out what he said, verses two through five, because it's really, really important. And I'm just gonna paraphrase it and tell you the meaning of it because for the lack of time, and it's, it's, it is, it's very cryptic what he's trying to say. But, but what he is saying is this, if someone tells you that you can do this in your own strength, if someone tells you you can sacrifice enough in and of yourself to earn the favor of God, you're deceived. Some will tell you if you forbid marriage and you abstain from food and, and you do all these other things, man, that, that man, you'll be, you'll be good. But God, God created it. This is what he said, God created it. It's good for, for those who, who, it's been sanctified through the word of God in, in prayer. So if someone's telling you, you can do all this on your own, you can just white knuckle this thing to follow Jesus, they are trying to deceive you. For don't forget, it's by grace through faith that you are saved, lest no man shall boast. This is the gospel of the kingdom. Repent for the kingdom of, of God is at hand and Jesus' sacrifice is enough for all of us to live right before God but we've got to be following him and pursuing him. And he in, in, he in, in and of himself, praise the Lord, is enough. He's enough. We, we must be, be found in him. James chapter two, verse 18 says it this way. You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works and I will, I'll show you my faith by my works. Hear me, God isn't either or. We love to box God in. Well, this is a grace church and this is a ba-da-da-da. Man, God isn't either or. God is both and more. It's not grace versus works, faith versus works. The two are one. Our faith in who he is will empower us to do the works he's called us to do so that everybody can see it and glorify our father who is in heaven because of it. His grace is meant to empower us to be disciplined in prayer, in our worship, in our study, in our giving, in our serving, in our loving one another. This is what his grace does for us. Discipline will guard us from deception. And in Psalm chapter 63, I love it. The psalmist David, he wrote it this way. He said, oh God, you are my God. Early in the morning, I seek you. 
As a deer panteth after the water brook, so my soul longs and thirsts for you, O God. Early in the morning I do it because I want to give you my first. I want to give you my best because Jesus, you're worth it. Because you're worth it. And we've got to be disciplined to be in the Word, to be in prayer, to worship God with everything that is within us so that He can reward us with more of Him. And there's nothing, nothing like Him. Come on, stand to your feet, please. Man, I've seen a lot of things in my life. Been a lot of places in my life. And I'm going to tell you what, man. There's nothing better than knowing Jesus. Like, there's absolutely nothing better. I've been on both sides of this fence. God saved me and redeemed me very radically. And man, I'm telling you, there's nothing like living a life of faith. Trusting God for every moment. It's a good thing I have faith. Because I don't know if I'm smart enough to make it without it. Praise God. Man, we need to be disciplined in our pursuit of Him. Not letting ourselves go. Like, ah, it's cool if I don't read today, if I don't. Mm -mm. No, get in His Word early in the morning. David says early in the morning. Matter of fact, he gives you an exact time to do it. Do it first. That's what he says. Do it first. Do it first. Do it first. Before you do anything else. Because he's the only one that matters. Nothing else matters. Apart from him, nothing else matters. Because it's all in vain. Got to be disciplined in our pursuit of him. Every head bowed, every eye closed. here today and you've never given your life to Christ or maybe you gave it to him and you have not been concerned with your witness of him repent for the kingdom of God is at hand repent The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you are saved from that moment. God begins to stir you and strengthen you and he forgives you. All the sin is washed away, but we have to repent. And for every single one of us, I really felt like the Lord just wanted us to to be here for a few seconds, a few moments. And just allow the Word of God. Allow the Word of God to penetrate your heart. Allow it to search your heart to see how you are as a witness. Is it lining up with the way Jesus says we are to follow Him or is it not? And if it's not, let's repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Let's repent, then move on. Repent, then move on. Because a righteous man, a righteous woman falls seven times. But every time, they get right back up. Father, I thank you for each and every person that is here, God. I thank you for them. 
Lord, I pray that the one who came to repent today, that came to repentance, that God, you would begin to flood their heart with your goodness, with your love, with your kindness, with your mercy and grace. Flood them right now, Jesus, I pray. Lord, I pray for those who who seem not to be able to get free from certain things. I pray right now that the power of Jesus Christ would come upon them. They would be able to repent and turn from those things. That they would experience breakthrough power right now in this moment. And that God, all shame would be washed away in the presence of the Lord. That there will be no shame that who the sun sets free is free indeed. What God has called clean is clean. Lord, let us leave this place transformed by your word this morning. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen.